Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Thursday Mornings with Alex and Don, where Pastor Don answers all of your questions from theology, parenting, and whether he can tell if you're sleeping in church. Enjoy. Please like and subscribe. Pastor Don! Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing all right. Yeah. Good. Um, beautiful day, and thank you everyone for joining us this morning. It's good to see or you. Or whenever you're We, we really don't see you, it. but we, we think we see you. Yeah. 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 We see you in your comments, stuff like that. That's right. And uh, put something on the bottom of the screen if you want to join that email list that we talked about last episode. and That way you get the fastest notification that the new TMAD's out. Yeah. And it'll just come in your inbox, in your email. It'll just be a link to the newest episode. With all those other important de- emails that are coming through your email. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you click that link and it'll take you right to the video. No muss, no fuss. That's the idea. But that, no muss, no fuss. I right. like that. Okay. Simplify our lives, Lord. Yes, yes. exactly. Just trying to help out with that. Um, first question. What is a birthright? It's the right to which you're born. So it would be like in your family system, in your family, okay. it would be the right of inheritance, uh, the rights given you by that family system, whatever it is. In a nation, it would be the right of citizenship within that nation. Okay. First son gets everything. Is that kind of like that it? was the way the Hebrews played it out, yes. Okay. Most everything. There was, I think, 10, 20% for the rest of them. Okay. Uh, but, you know, they live more like clans. Sure. And so the eldest son still was partly responsible for helping out. I see. So living in his clan, they he got the responsibility from dad for the clan. Okay. So while it was often dealt with in goods, he was also given the task to care for the family system. Okay. So it's not necessarily that it's we don't we don't do that anymore. Praise the Lord. Okay. Yeah. Right. Is that are you not the first first I'm one? the oldest son, yeah. Oh, okay. But uh the responsibility I'd have to watch after my sister yeah. and her family. Yeah. And she's precious. She can do it better on her own than I could anyway. So Yeah, I'm a bit afraid of my sister, so I feel like uh, that wouldn't work out too well for me. But, uh, yeah, I was kind of curious about that. How, that. how that goes along, how that, well, I mean, we've seen that in the Bible, the grumbling, you know, that happens underneath it. Right. And you see that a lot even today with, you know, inheritance, how much, you know, trauma and strife that causes families, but. Amen. That's a tough one. It is a tough one. And uh, we do feel in one way or another, uh, how do you call it, Not uh, that that privilege is ours. Yeah. Uh, we have a thing about rights. Yeah. Yep. They didn't uh, quite have the same idea of rights that we do. What are some differences? Well, they earned it more. I think they, the oldest son really had a, a mantle to carry. And so it was uh, the right of the birthright, yes, was within the system. And all the children would have had some kind of birthright from the father. But it would have been different. Sure. In the fact that he's responsible, the, the oldest son was responsible for not only taking care of the family, but making sure the family grew and, and was yeah. taken care of. And, and uh, so if a brother died, then he made sure that there were descendants in that name. Yeah. And... Uh, it was a whole different ball of wax than we do. It was actually more of a, we tend to think rights are a privilege. 
Yeah. And in the Old Testament, sometimes those rights were not considered privileges. Sort of like an albatross around your neck you had to carry or a, oh. their weight, there's weight to that mantle. Yeah, I've heard about this uh, um, talked about before, like positive versus negative rights. And it's kind of interesting. Like, um, So voting, like, like casting a vote is, is a positive right, I think. Let me work this out. It, but there's like some countries where you have to vote. You must vote. Every person must vote. So it's a negative right. It's not of your, it's not your choice, right? And there's even some rights that we have that are negative rights because I'm trying to think of a good example of it and it's not coming on the top of my head, but it doesn't actually mean that it's a bad thing. Right. You know, but it's, it's a responsibility sometimes right. we're not willing to carry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the same kind of like wording with because my my wife say uh, oh boy I should have it off the top of my head so I give her all the credit she deserves but a childhood uh, not psych, uh, a master of childhood beha- behavioral psychology or something like that it's, it's a teaching degree right, right. and uh, it's really interesting how she set you know like picks things apart it's like you know don't not that. Don't say that. Do these things. Because, um, you know, with, and I, and I wish every dad had something, someone like that because generally I'm just want to jump in and just be like, fix it. You know, come mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? But she was talking to me. She was like, everyone says it's a you know, positive and negative reinforcement, but like, honestly, like putting them in the timeout is not actually a negative reinforcement. You're giving them the timeout. It's not a, removal of something it's a you know so even like so giving them a cookie or something mm-hmm. like that you know a reward like that it's just not how we define it and i wish i could define that more articulately but well I'm not a psychologist yeah but living has all of its pluses and minuses and the yeah. rights have that same thing sure. as well uh, responsibility i think we often don't tie as a right yeah makes me wonder like what kind of things that we you know in the united states though you know i have a right to you know defend myself free speech and i wonder how many of those rights god would condone those things obviously free speech not necessarily right right not the right to say whatever you want without persecution right because We'll be judged for things we'll we say. We'll be judged for things we say. Exactly. Yeah. But do we have the right to defend ourselves? Uh, you go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, and I wouldn't think you'd go there. What if you, do you have a right to defend others? There'd be some in... Possibly. That's I have a hard time with that one, you know. It's the... Defending others part. Defending right? others. Well, it's it. You don't really lo- love somebody unless you're willing to lay your life down for them. Sure. And, and Christ says that in uh, John. Uh, well, we studied it last night, John chapter ten. Right. And uh, it was uh, basically Jesus saying over and over, He lays His life down for the sheep. 
And in reality, he did. He put his life on the cross for our sins. And I think he somehow expects us to be willing to put ourselves out there for others. Yeah. Now, you're talking about defending. Right. And that means whooping somebody instead of being whooped? Yeah. Okay. And, and so I'm not sure he's going the defending piece. Okay. But using our life in such a way, being willing to give our life up, like I give my life up for my wife. Right. To, to keep her from harm. Yeah. I'd stand in that gap. Yeah. I can, I can justify that. But would you take someone's life for that? In order to defend that, standing in that gap? Well, I don't think I'd take their life. They might not be standing when they're done, but I, would, I have a hard time taking life. Oh, me too. Because I taking, struggle with that. You taking know? life is rather permanent. Yeah. I have a really hard time defending that, you know? Yeah. And someone's like, oh, so if, you know, someone was, you know, coming after you with a knife, you would just kill them. It's just like, if, you know, if, you, if they say, I've got, a, I've, I've got a better means to defend myself than that person with a knife attacking me. It's like, you would, you just kill them. It's like, I, yeah, I, you know, I'd want to say, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, shoot him in the leg or something, but. And see, I even have a, a hard time saying, why are you putting those scenarios before me? I mean, you're playing out something that isn't a reality, and you're making me speak on a judgment that this is what I do in those situations. Well, I don't care. You've you got to flush that out a little bit. Well, though, you got to flush that out a little bit, and, and it's good exercise for us to do mor morally. Yeah. Good exercise. But I've seen people just divide from each other because of that conversation. And in reality, the thing hasn't happened. Well, I know. And we've never walked in those shoes before. And you're making a judgment against me because I came out at this spot in a theoretical situation. Sure. And I thought, really, dude? I, 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 yeah. yeah, I see your gears going, Alex. I don't mind I, it. I, I, I like being challenged on stuff like that. So it's like, yeah, change my mind. It's, you know, I, I, but challenging those things in yeah. a conversation is one thing. Yeah. And then when you come out at a point different than me and say, well, I don't know as I can have breakfast with you anymore. Oh, Alex. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just a whole nother ball of wax. Yeah. yeah, I don't like it when the, they put words in my mouth or something like that. But I do like that intellectual exercise, that conversation where you would you actually do this for this reason? Right. You know, why not just, like I said, shoot them in the leg? Well, I, I've, I've listened to, you know, police officers and they're like, well, no, we're taught to, you know, body because you miss this many times or, you know, they're still a threat or something like that. It's like, man, that, that makes it so much harder to pick that part, pick that apart and or rationalize that in your head. It's like, well, yeah, I guess. If I'm going to defend, you know, my child, my children and my wife in the middle of the night from an unknown intruder, right? Which is generally where my brain drums to if I've stayed mm -hmm. up too late or something like that. We need to get you to bed earlier. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, we're, tell, my, tell my kids that. <coughs> um, that's just where my brain jumps to. It's not, I, you know, I, it's fun, right? Yep. And it's like, what, you know, this would be the way to defend them would be to completely take out that threat. And it doesn't mean that I wouldn't feel bad about it afterwards, obviously. Like, who wouldn't? And 
if you're not go if you know the best way to defend your family but if you, but at the same time what does god want you to do it's okay to defend your family but at the same time you don't know that if that other person has accepted christ knows jesus has still has enough life left to mm-hmm. you know give themselves and be saved and you're taking all that away from him taking that completely out of his hands and God's hands to work in that person's life. We've also taken one little piece out of the scenario that I think we fail to ever put in. So is any part of life outside of God's domain? So even that scenario, when it actually happens in real life, might be used by the Holy Spirit in a way that we can't even imagine. Yeah. That's true. So, that, so when you come to that scenario and you say, okay, this is how I feel like when the intruder comes into my house and, and this is how I'd respond. We can say that and we can flesh that out and maybe it's good mental challenge, but it's still missing the piece that what's God going to do in that mit- What is God going to do in that moment? Yeah. And what is the Holy Spirit going to do in that moment? And, you know, there's scenarios of little old ladies who had this certain plaque on the wall and, and they said, uh, and the intruder saw the plaque and left the house. What it, plaque? It was, uh, it was Christ, like that door knocking. Oh, okay. That's on the, and, uh, I figured it'd be like a... And, and the little old lady says, okay. in Jesus' name, leave my house. And he leaves the house, you know. Those kind of stories are out there. So as we flesh out these scenarios, it's still lacking one piece. Yeah. What's God going to do in that moment? Mm-hmm. And if we are believers and have faith that God is supreme, his power is over all things, then even the worst thing that happens might change someone's life. Sure. And I'd be willing to give my life for that. Yeah. If something happens in my, in my passing. Would you be willing to give your family's life for that? I'm less willing to give my family's yeah. life for that. That's the tough part, I think, for most people. And, uh, yeah, I was talking to the widow of a of a, a college professor, and uh, he was killed. Uh, he was murdered outside his house, and they finally found the man that did it. And uh, that was so sad and so needless, and it was just hard to see. But in the midst of that discussion, she could acknowledge that God had intervened in play and and showed up in places she didn't expect yeah and had been ministered to in her hardest hours very tough situation and yes. and you know one in the midst of of uh, learning yeah education great professor loved by his students why did this happen yeah uh, even in the worst situations god is still on the throne yeah it's important to remember because i know that's kind of one of the things where it's it's that unanswered prayer right sometimes we have a hard time understanding that and and the value of that because god calls us to you know worship him follow him obey him even in those times. In everything. Because he knows 
it's his will, not ours. So it's his will. He knows what's best for us. There's some times where I'm sure, I'm sure that that unanswered prayer is what we need. You know? Um, and it's, it's, I don't know, is he testing the faith? Or is it, is it what we need? Is God testing our faith? Yeah. I don't think he moves towards us in testing. He allows us to be tested. Right. So I think we also need, I put it in the role of Satan to do the testing. Yeah. Because Satan's going to find any weak spot in our armor. I talk about the armor of God, Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verses 10 through 18. 10 through 18. We need to keep our armor in order. That's our job. Mm-hmm. And then Satan's going to try, try any chink in our armor. And he knows them all. Yeah. And then God in the midst of that is going to provide us a way out. Mm-hmm. I, I have faith that he's going to see us through. Yeah. That's good. We'll move on from there. Okay. Will we? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a rough shift of yeah that was topic. supposed to be a that went from birthright that, to yeah that was supposed to be a the small thing yeah oh that was the the intro yeah the warm-up yeah exactly now you got to the big thing uh-huh okay so, the big thing's coming here's fun i'm gonna read oh i should have remembered where that was from stop it i'm gonna see stop if you it. know where where it's <laughs> coming from i'm looking over to see if i can find out where yeah, he's I at know, i know I'm gonna maybe I'll Any clue there. we can get to this next question? Be nice ahead of time. Yeah. Um, okay. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in diverse places. All of this is but the beginning of the birth pangs. First of all, where's that from? Matthew 24. Can you give me a verse? <laughs> Oh, test me as no, I, I can't give you a verse. Okay, that's seven. I'm sorry. That's seven. <laughs> I, I'm, still, I'm still impressed. I, I had a couple, so, a couple questions off of that. Um, I, you're you're so ornery. <laughs> you're good. How good? Well, not that great, but I try. I know. Well, you're peeking at us. So I, I just want to see if maybe we grab that verse too. Um, divers places. What is that? Means a, a a wild assortment. I'd go for the a wild assortment, diverse in the fact that it's uh, not the same at all. I mean, diverse would be so mountains, plains. You go across the United States. Uh, not I'd I'd even go diverse ethnics. I mean, different people. Yeah, diverse places. Wait, how do you spell diverse? D i v e r s. Diverse, yes. E. I don't, I, I don't know. Oh, we look dumb now. Divers. Yeah, because I saw you. like a divers. A, like there's a. <laughs> yeah, not, uh, not, not, I'm not a speller. Like a diver, like yeah. dives in the water. Yeah, kind yeah. Of. I figured, yeah, there's someone. No. There's gonna be lots of earthquakes under the sea or something. But I think oh, the. Oh, okay. But I, I know. I looked it up in different translations too, and it, you're right. It's, it is diverse. But I just thought that was weird that in that original King James and. The old NIV, mm-hmm. yours, or the 84, right? Um, it's a diver's place. But maybe I'm just saying divers because I don't know how to spell diverse. That is possible. Um, so how are we to prepare ourselves for the coming of Christ? 
And that's that whole 24, that's that whole chapter. Yeah, very intentionally. I, I think we need to grow in our relationship with Christ, understand who he is, who he's calling us to be, accept Christ as our Lord and Savior's bottom line, mm -hmm. and then grow in that relationship. Yeah. Everything that goes beyond that is periphery because I still believe that when Christ comes, the church won't have any worries. I mean, the people who are gathered for Christ in Christ will have no worries. Yeah. We're going to be going to be with him. He's going to take care of it. Those who aren't prepared for that moment will be lost. Now, lost immediately? No, they won't go directly to hell right at that moment. Right. But if you read re the book of Revelation, what's starting in chapter 24 of Matthew is basically what's being fulfilled in the book of Revelation yeah. and ain't going to be fun. No. And so I don't want to be around for that stuff. No. And uh, you get past chapter 12, and it really gets sort of spacey. It's like Star Wars on steroids. Yeah. And so uh, I, I think what maybe we're guilty of in the church is we, we come to Christ, and then we come to the pew, and sometimes we stop coming to the pew. And I think maybe we're stunted in our growth. Yeah. And so my challenge, and I think the challenge I would give every preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ across the United States, across the globe today, is let's make sure we're growing disciples in Jesus Christ, who grow disciples in Jesus Christ, who grow disciples in Jesus Christ, because that day in chapter 24 is coming. Mm -hmm. Now it says, like, take up your, you know, on your flight, or something like that. That we're like they're going somewhere. It says, you know, woe to whoever is, you know, you know, pregnant or mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, in, in a situation where they're they're going to be more troubled and more labored in their flight. Is that for the ones who aren't taken, or is that he's he talk, is he talking about? I I believe that's talking more that those who aren't prepared and and aren't aren't taken. It's going to be a troublesome time. I think even us as believers are going to see some things that we really would rather not see. Yeah. It says, then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. Yeah. The one on the housetop must not go down. Yeah. And then later is, you know. Well, I think part of that is the urgency of time. There won't be any time to change things at that point. I see. There's no time to change. Once, once Christ comes again on that 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 time scheme to change is over. Mm -hmm. And I think because Christ hasn't come for 1,990 years since his death, because he hasn't come, the church has gotten relaxed. A lot of believers have become relaxed in their faith and aren't prepared for that moment. Mm -hmm. And at one time, preachers were we're preaching that you need to prepare for that moment. And we're not doing that much anymore. No. Uh, idea for sermon on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take care of that little sin. You know, I'll, I'll get to that before Jesus comes. I'll take care of that before Jesus comes kind of a thing. Yeah. Yep. That and, and I'll uh, maybe share about Jesus with my family. Yep. Uh, the week before Jesus comes. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Uh, but... Putting it off actually 
probably is putting a lot of people at great risk. Yeah. And sometimes those, you know, those, those things that were urged, you know, that, that the Holy Spirit is moving within us to, you know, change about ourselves or, you know, maybe seek forgiveness from somebody, something along those lines. I always find it interesting how some of, or all of those things that God calls us to do has like a real world benefit. Like there's nothing that maybe let's, can you think of anything that we are called to do that doesn't have a real world benefit? No, I can't get there. That would enrich your life. Even, even if it just enriches how we look at life Yeah. or how we approach the day, Yeah. it has a real world, but we're real world world benefit. Uh, if I can give up my hate and start to reconcile with my brother, it changes me. Yeah. And uh, attitude is so much. I didn't realize attitude was so much a part of my life that I need to change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's not talking about, you know, it's going to change something and all of a sudden you're going to become rich. There's, I, guess, I think you probably know, like, if the, from the people who have won the lottery, barely anyone still has it left. Right. And none of them are happy. Right. Um, you know, you see, you know, popular people you know, figures in the media or, you know, movie stars or something that have millions and millions and millions of dollars. And, you know, they're committing suicide or just generally unhappy all the time. Right. You know, and they're sad and that you can see that they're struggling. So that's not going to help. No. But like giving your money away. I mean, I don't know anyone who's done that. It was like, oh, I wish I would have done that. Right. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. But well, we still don't always do it. No. We, we don't think. receive the benefit. Yep. We don't always forgive, even though there's a great benefit. Yep. We don't uh, often walk the way God has asked yep. us to. Save our hoard all of our money. That's a difference, though, too. It's like, you know, what are you saving it for? Yeah. Is it saving it for somebody else, like your kids? That's where I'm like, stewardships. Yeah. yeah. That's what needs to happen, right? Well, not necessarily your own comfort later in life, but. Then we're asking, so what motivates all that and what directs all that? What does? In my life, I, I keep asking Christ the question, what, what would you have me do, Lord? Yeah. What would you have me do with this $45 I came up with and mm. all of a sudden came my way? What would you have me do with my life? What would you have me do with my passions? Uh, I still need to make a living, Lord, but I have these passions. What do I do? I got, I got a question then. You tell me. Okay. So if when um, I'm buying like fishing supplies... Okay. Now, I know that it is not a good investment to feed my family fish because I'm not a very good fisherman. I'm okay. Okay. But I know that I could sell all of my fish. Hold on. Do I want to say this? <laughs> Carly, you getting this? <laughs> Chip. Oh, man. I, <laughs> you walked oh, into wow. this one, bud. I guess where the spirit leads. If I sold all of my fishing stuff, I know we could have salmon two nights a week. Easy. Forever. Yeah. You know? Thousands of dollars worth of fishing stuff. Okay. Right? But sometimes I... I so, like, I'll buy, like, an ice fishing shack, a tent, because that's comfortable, because I want to bring my son out there mm -hmm. and not sitting on, you know, looking at a screen or something like that. Is that a good justification? Well, Alex, I think when we have to go to justification, then we probably need to go 
for the inspiration that started it. Mm -hmm. What does fishing do for you, brother? Well, I mean, it's, it's, you know, fishing and hunting and being in nature is very calming. You like that? I do. Yeah. Yeah. And so it nurtures your heart. Yeah. Do you discover God in those spots? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you worship in those spots? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty good stuff, eh? Yeah. Cool. There's an aspect of your relationship with God in those spots. Mm-hmm. I love old cars. Yeah. I really like my old cars. And they're not a bad investment. Not the greatest yeah. investment, but not right. a bad investment. And so when I feel cranky, I get one of them out. Yeah. Crank it. Yep. Start it. Go. Mm -hmm. I don't invest millions and millions of dollars, but uh, the ones I have, I enjoy. Mm -hmm. Did I ever tell you my dad was a mechanic? Really? For years? Yeah. Cool. My, uh, he, he died when I was in high school, but uh, I remember helping him with cars. And it was always interesting, I thought, because so he like lost it, got fired from a certain dealer, sh uh, a, a mechanic shop, but he used to have his own business in Iowa City called Zimmerman Auto Repair. And he was like the guy for, you know, your, your European stuff. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, Volvos, Porsche, um, Mercedes, Mercedes, Ferrari. Uh, what's the uh, and they are, Audi and they Audi. are a different breed. They're they are built different than American cars. We even had a Ferrari. Like he moved out to this country house, and this was the steepest hill, like to get in. And we're driving this Ferrari up this like gravelly steep hill, and it's like, oh, I don't think I should go up there because that thing sits like two inches. I was going to say they're very close to the ground. Yeah. But because people would bring that to him after he didn't have a you know a central location because they wanted him to work on it, mm -hmm. so I would help him with that. And I think we've talked about the story where I had sent the something shooting off through the shop on the bench grinder when I was uh, too, probably too young to run it. But uh, yeah, he liked doing that stuff too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just see some similarities between you know, like the cars you have. You have a lot of these vehicles when you probably could just get one good one and i always ask my dad I'm like mm -hmm. why don't you just get like a good one he goes i've got seven of them they make yeah. one good one i guess that's yeah. true yeah. but yeah, it's the working on things and fixing them i don't have fun. to have a new car right i just have to have one that runs every time yeah. i want to get in it yes it's very rewarding to be able to work on stuff with your hands and fix things and and the newer they are the harder they are to work on they sure are in your own shop mm-hmm yeah the Model T, a cup, a pair of pliers, <laughs> some uh, uh, bailing wire, and yeah. you can usually get it going again. Yep. You used to start with bare materials to fix something because that's how it was made. It's about as bare as you get, yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't need a soldering iron and micro microscope or anything. True. Yep. Okay. Two more. Can you make, or do they, do they sell vegan supplements or sacraments can you have a vegan sacrament if it is the body of christ oh well i was gonna say they have the gluten-free <laughs> isn't that as about as vegan as you get yeah but i have, i would doubt that the body of christ is high in gluten i know it's a symbolic thing 
Okay. But I just think you're it's, going to the the uh, what is it? John chapter six. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Where he says, "This is my body." Yeah. It is my yeah. blood. This is my flesh. Yes. Yeah. And Jesus is very graphic in that chapter. Mm-hmm. So well, as to... as vegan as you're going to get, yeah. Yep. As far just... as if you're if you're counting whether you've got beef calories coming your way, yeah, it's not right. I uh, gave my wife some crap the uh, a few weeks ago when we had communion here. Um, she's doing like a low carb diet, and so when we had them, she was like, "No, I'm like." It's just, it's the blood of Christ. There's no there's no there's there's no carbs in here. It's okay. And of course, it's you know a juice and a wafer. So I was gonna say, as big as that wafer is. Oh you? yeah. Not gonna gorge yourself on that wafer. No, no. But the the symbolic piece is there, and and what we have to re- acknowledge is they were actually martyrs because of that, because it was considered cannibalism. In the Roman what? Because they were talking about this is the body and this is the blood of Christ. And if Christ is a man, then that's Seriously. cannibalism. And so there was accusations that the oh, this this Christ, these Christ followers are cannibals. Wow! And that was wild stuff. Who thought of so, that to make that? You know, there must have been someone who made a well, uh, quite a good power jump when they like, I know how to get them. How to get them this time? Yeah, they not only burned Rome, they're they're eating their. Yeah, Peter. yeah, they're cannibals. They'll even say it, or else they'll, they they think they're gonna go to hell, and probably the people in the courts are like, "Oh, good, we'll get them." Got that taken care of. God, that's crazy. That seriously happened. Yeah, was that is that in the Bible, or is that just something? It's we, history. We know? Okay, I, I've oh, got God. a uh, a history of the early Christians yeah. that about that thick, and man, it's interesting. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, does that make us all cannibals? Basically, historically. It was however we can keep the Roman Empire intact. These Christians in check, or these small sects mm-hmm. in check, which which the Christians would have been one, and we dream up any way to do that. Yep. Okay. That's a good answer. I like that answer. So that was kind of interesting. If there's a vegan supplement, or sacrament. Oh, I keep saying supplement. Yeah. Anyways. You've been with the pigs too long this morning. Maybe. Mix some grain, huh? Yep. Okay, so we'll do our last three questions here that, um, or two, maybe, yes, um, and then pray us out, and then we'll tell everyone where to, you know, find us and stuff like that. I think we'll skip that part since we talked too much about it, but follow us everywhere. Yeah. And tell friends, and the email list on the bottom of the screen, you'll see. For sure. And we won't talk about that anymore. All right. Hard-hitting questions here. Who's your favorite celebrity couple? Oh, that oh, the gray-haired guy. Um, the gray-haired guy. Is his name Shepard? Shepard? Uh, uh, no, Elliot. Elliot is the guy. And he is married to... Uh, is it Sam Elliot? And his wife is... Beef, it's what's for dinner. That guy? Yeah, right. Those that two. Guy. Okay. Yeah. He and his wife have been together forever. Yeah. And he was so bashful when he met her. Huh. And, and uh, they, they're just a very precious couple. Very opinionated he is. but uh, Sure. Uh, salt of the earth. Yep. That's good. I, I, I thought you were going to say, I didn't even know if you were going to have somebody. My mom's like, maybe like Sonny and Cher. I'm like, 
Oh boy. Hmm. I'm yeah, you. Okay. Uh, favorite toy that has a string. <laughs> you have to really count my memory <laughs> on that one. <laughs> favorite toy with a string. That's probably what most of your toys were made out of, weren't they? Yeah, wooden string. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was this duck. Was it a duck or a pig? And it would swing its oh, yeah, yeah. arms as it goes, and it grank, 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 Yeah, yeah. Grank. Charlie has one. He used to love that thing. Yeah. He thought it was hilarious. Charlie and I have something in common. Yeah, then it turned into a weapon. Another thing. So oh, I haven't. Put away. I've never weaponized it. Right. So okay. <laughs> um. Well, uh, last one is Toby a good name for a cat? Well, as good as any. Okay, that's all I've got. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> then we better pray. Yes, we better. <laughs> Oh, Lord, thank you for this week. Thank you for this time together with Alex and with others. And we pray, Lord, that uh, through this media, you might be touching lives. We also pray, Lord, that you guide us in our walk with you, helping us to know exactly what you'd have us to do, shedding your light upon our lives so we can, in turn, help others see you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. That wraps it up. Thanks Take for care. joining us. Everyone, have Blessings. a great week. Love you. Join us on uh, Wednesday for Bible study or yes. church at 1030. So, take care. We'll be here. Thanks again for joining us for this week's episode. We are both having a ton of fun making these videos and episodes. And if you're having fun too, please tell a friend about this and help us to grow this mission. Thank you and God bless.